church has, um, and the reason why it's not full is because there's so many people that don't know they're loved by God. They just don't know. Amen? And so today, I hope I can bring a little clarity to how they can know. Okay? And, and what's going to be their, their, what's the marketing plan of God? What's his marketing plan? He's got a plan. Amen? And I want you to know that that plan is, is effective. It worked 2,000 years ago, and it's still at work today. But before I get started, guys, I've got a joke I'm going to tell you on just a minute, so I want you all to hold on to that, okay? I'm feeling good with these jokes, man. Hallelujah. So I need everybody to laugh, okay? <clears throat> when I get to it, <clears throat> I'm going to let you all think about it for a little while, okay? All right, Friday night we've got the youth. Y'all, hey, y'all get y'all's youth together and come on out, okay? We're going to be having some worship, and we're going to be getting in the Word. We're drawing closer in 2020, amen, in everything we do, whether that's youth, whether that's the kids, whether that's the nursery. <laughs> nursery is growing, hallelujah. It's going to triple. I mean, we've got a hundredfold return on our nursery, hallelujah. Cece's been all by herself for years, so, you know, guess what? We're changing that, hallelujah. But anyway, we want to do community. I want to do life because I believe this is a year we're going to see more of God's power and God's presence, okay? Less of us and more of him. Wouldn't that be nice? Amen. I mean, we think we got to drum up all the ideas to do church and do youth and do children's. Really? No, nah, man. <laughs> Just lean on him. Jesus don't need no help. You know Jesus don't need no decoration? He really needs us to get out of the way and let him be God. Amen? He can change people's hearts because many of you guys that are here today, you came not because of a man or a woman. You came to God because of something he did in you. He touched you. And that's what we want to continue. I want to see that in 2020. I want to see his power move. And then at the end of the month, we got the marriage conference, which is open to engaged couples as well as married couples. Okay? Make plans to come. Go to our website. Go ahead and register. That way we get a camp. We're going to try to dice it up and make it look good. Tell your friends. I mean, you may have some friends that are married, okay? Help somebody out. Maybe you're here single and you say, you know what? I, 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 don't, I don't even interested in that. Well, maybe you work with somebody that tells you all their bad stuff. <laughs> maybe you just need to help them out and say, you know what? I got something for you. At the end of this month, bring them. Let it go. You know what? We're going to speak into the life. We're going to listen to these. It'll be via video, but it's going to be powerful. We're going to try to decorate the place up and give maybe some giveaways or something. We're just going to have a fun time. Uh, and then this Saturday at 5 o'clock, the men are going to go and have fellowship, okay? We're going to meet here at the church, and then we're going to go join up with another church that's having a wild game dinner. That means we're going to eat everything in the wild. I know that don't sound enticing, okay? But that's just what us men do, you know? We're carnivores, man. We just eat meat. I'm bringing my turkey sandwich. <laughs> I don't tell what them guys are like to have on that table, man. I'm like, whoa, what's that, dude? I don't know. But anyway, we're going to have fun. So we'll meet here at 5, and then we're going to head over there and just team up with some other men and just grow stronger as men, okay? So don't make no excuses why you don't come. And that can be for teenage boys as well as men, okay? We'll help your teenage boy get there. And I promise you they won't be back at midnight. <laughs> no more midnight for me for a while. Hallelujah, okay? I'm, I'm, hanging, I'm, I'm hanging that midnight stuff up. Hallelujah. We had a good time last night, man. You know, it's just good to be in the presence of people that love Jesus. And we was at State Farm Arena last night with, I don't know, 18,000 plus people that just really love Jesus. And, and some bands that I think they love Jesus. I don't know what they were singing, but, you know, I, I, I'm, they said Jesus, you know, before and after the song. So I'm sure they love Jesus. Uh, I just couldn't sing their song when I left the building. OK, but anyway, it's just good to see the variety. And how even, you know, around us, we'd see certain groups come out and start singing, and you start seeing life come out. Whoa, man, I thought they were asleep. They start moving. And then these other groups come out, and then this other group would start moving around, okay? I mean, it's just it's everybody, God has something for you. He has something for you. But you've got to investigate. Don't just assume that, okay, I'm saved. 
God ain't got no Christian music for me. Oh, no, he does. Well, I'm saved. I guess I can't go watch no Christian movies because he don't make no movies. And don't complain because they're cheesy. I mean, if they got a good point in them, that's what you need more than anything. Amen? I mean, you know, when the devil comes knocking at your door, you don't want to be whipping out no Avengers and trying to use that. That ain't going to help you at all. Okay? So, I mean, we're getting built up in God. It's going to help us come against the enemy when he tries to come. Amen? Well, let's pray, and we're going to dive into this word uh, that we started last week, and I didn't get done with it, so we're going to try to get done with it this week, because next week we're starting a whole new series dealing with relationships. Okay. Oh, man, I'm not married. Oh, you've you got relationships. Amen? We're going to talk to you for a little bit. We're going to preach to you. We're going to scream, holler, whatever. You know, that's just what I do, okay? So y'all bear with me. We're going to have a good time. But today we're going to finish up an important message that I started last week, and I wasn't able to get done. And um, hopefully we can get done today. If not, y'all going to come back, you know. We'll do it again some other time. Let's pray. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we just thank you for this day. We thank you that we're able to learn more about you, learn more about the kingdom. And I thank you, Lord, that as I read the scriptures, as I talk, the Holy Spirit, you just help us. Help us be able to see it and understand it, because we know these things are spiritual, and we know that with our mind they're, they're unfruitful. But we just pray right now that our spirits be alert, and that we receive the words, and that it encourages us, and it builds us up to be strong followers of Christ, not weak pathetic believers no strong victorious christians they look the devil in the face and say not today buddy in jesus name we give you praise and glory and honor amen 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 hallelujah well let's turn in our bibles to mark eleven twenty, and i brought my notebook hallelujah how about the old school preacher i might bring out i might be i might bring out some good old stuff right here no i brought this right here because this is a reminder to me of the many nights that i sat up and cried asking God to empower me and give me wisdom to be able to walk through one of the darkest times that I ever had in my life. And I want to encourage you by this little red notebook that everybody in this room, you need to have you a notebook. You've got to have some quiet time with the Father because the enemy will come in like a flood and he will try to get you off track. And I'll explain more about this in a little bit, but right now I want to read Mark eleven twenty. 20. <clears throat> it says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, No way. Are you kidding me? Did it work? I mean, I asked the Father, did it work? He was not caught off guard, because when he prayed, he knew his Father heard him, and he knew his Father was going to do what he asked. Amen? So he simply said, Have faith in God. Now, that's four words that seem so simple to say, but yet so hard for many people to grab a hold of. Have faith in God. Or you could say, just trust God. Okay? Just trusting Him. That what He says, He will do. Okay? So today, I hope we can actually just look at some things of what He said. Okay? Because Jesus is telling His disciples to trust God in everything. In everything. Not just some things, but everything. And the sooner we get this, as just human beings, the better off you and I are going to be in life. Can I get an Amen. Y'all say amen enough, we're going to get out of here, okay? I mean, just come on, get in this thing, man. Come on, hallelujah. I know y'all got it in you. Just let it out. The more you say amen and hallelujah, the better you'll feel. But the quieter you are, which you ain't quiet, come on, you can talk, hallelujah, in church, man. We are with people that are not going to throw rocks at you, okay? Come on, help the preacher out. Man, it's Super Bowl Sunday, man. We're going to be screaming and hollering over a football here later on, amen, after prayer. What's he talking about? I didn't hear that. What's he talking about on prayer? Man, the game starts 645. I got to be watching it. Nah, bro, that game be going on for two hours, eight hours, okay? I mean, they got, and you only want to watch the commercials anyway because you ain't no, anybody got no home team in there anyway. 
Don't be saying, oh, I love Kansas City. You ain't from Kansas City. Oh, I'm San Francisco. Oh, get out of here. You ain't on San Francisco. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can't watch the Super Bowl that much anymore after the scars I had from a few years ago. <laughs> My Falcons. Hallelujah. Let's get back to the message. <clears throat> someone today, okay, someone today gets healed, saved, delivered, blessed. The weather changes due to somebody believing God. You know, what do we say? Wow, they got help from God. I mean, somebody gets healed. I mean, their body gets, I mean, cancer dissolves and goes away. Or somebody stood out on their front yard and commanded the tornado to go around their house, and it happens, and what does most people say? Wow, you mean God really, man, God did that for you? Wow. What would Jesus say if he was standing here today and something like that happened and somebody said that? He would whip around and say, hey, 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 have what? Faith in God, okay? When somebody stands up and is bold for Christ, number one, it stands out. Number two, it ain't popular. And number three, you might get made fun of and ridiculed. You may get laughed at. But I can tell you what, if you want things to change in your life, you better get bold. You better start changing some things in your life. Don't you just accept anything the devil throws at you. I don't care what it is. If it ain't in the Word of God, it don't need to be in you. Amen? Because whatever report we get out here in the world, he has a different report in the Word. And that's my assignment, is to get you in a place to where you can stand up in your own living room, in your car, in your job, and you can stand up and bring heaven to earth in your situation. Not just, man, if I can just get to church, man, I mean, to hear a word. If I can just worship God at church. No, 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 no. You can worship God 24 hours a day. Man, you can see things in your life change Monday morning. Amen? It can change that quick. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. You get this in you and you get faith going in you, you will move mountains in Jesus' name. And that's the point. Amen? That's what we're here to do. Hallelujah. I mean, I don't get dressed to come to church to see how good I can look or how good you look. I mean, that's nice. But that's not attractive to me. I come to church to hear what I can do to be more effective and to actually be an image of God to the world. They need to see Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. And when they see Jesus, you won't have a problem getting them to come to church. Hallelujah. God wants us to trust him. He wants us to trust him to provide, to heal, to protect, to help. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. Do you know God wants to help you? He wants to heal you. He wants to provide for you. Do you know when you don't have enough, it, it, it bothers him? He don't like to see his kids struggle no more than I like to see my kids struggle. I can tell you what, we got, you know, young ladies that's going to be giving birth to babies. And I can tell you what, they're going to do everything they can to make sure that baby has everything it needs. They're not going to sit that baby up in the corner. I don't know why it's crying. It'll be all right. I know it's hungry, but it'll get over it. I know it needs to stop or change, but hey, it's day 12. It'll be all right. I'm saving money. You care. And you're going to do whatever you can to help that baby out. And we act like God don't care about us sometimes. Then when we come to him and we ask him for something, we might be bothering him. Oh, God, he's got a lot on his agenda. He's got a lot on his to-do list. I may not be up there too high. Friend, let me tell you something. You are always on his refrigerator, your picture. Number one, every day, he wants to hear from you. And he wants to hear from you when you're confused and when you're not confused. He wants to hear your why. He wants to hear your what. He wants to, he wants to hear from you. Amen? But yet, sometimes we, we, we pull back. And when we pull back, our trust and faith in God begins to start going down, 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 down. Then the things which are causing us not to trust God get bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay? How do we know that? Listen to people talk. You want to know where people are in life? You want to know what's the strongest in their life? 
Listen to the words. Listen to what they say. Just spin around. I mean, because they'll talk, maybe some Christian talk for a little while, but if you just stay around for a little while, you start seeing. You start seeing where the heart is. And a lot of people say, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Well, you know what? You need to kind of record your voice. Record what you're saying. How many of y'all know that Kobe Bryant passed away last Sunday? Oh, it was tragic. Oh, it's tragic. Not just Kobe Bryant, but his daughter and I think seven others. There was a bunch of families that were affected by that, just like there's a bunch of families affected every day today because there's going to be 150,000-plus people die today. So there's going to be families affected. But in his life, you know, he only lived to be what, 41. You know what I mean? He was a young man, okay? But what I didn't realize is, is I was reading an article. And see, God will bring you these things for you to learn by. I was reading an article by Tracy McGrady. Now, he's a basketball player, too, going to be in the Hall of Fame. He came out of high school the same time Kobe Bryant did. They both were 19 years old. Actually, Tracy McGrady got drafted higher than Kobe. Nonetheless, that don't mean nothing to the story, but uh, I'm sure Tracy probably think it was pretty cool. But anyway, it, it, that's not what I'm trying to say. Because he was friends with Kobe. And one of the things he said that was ironic to him, he said that Kobe at 19 years old, 20 years old, began to say, I don't want to live long. I don't want to live long. I want to die young. I want to die young. He said he said it all the time. And it just seemed weird to him that he would say this all the time. I want to die young. I want to die young. He died young. And see, the thing that the devil don't want anybody to get, and this is no shame on him because we've all been guilty. All I'm saying is, is use it for a lesson to learn by. Your words create your world. Why is that, Nathan? Because the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 2 that you were created in his image and in his likeness. God's word is what he used to frame the worlds. His word. Why? We're going to be the same way. We're framing our world by the words we say. And that's why people just say stupid stuff and just say, oh, man, I'm just kidding. That's no big deal. No, your words are going on. Your words are sound that never ends. It keeps going. And it goes and it frames the world which you talk about, which you say. And see, the issue is that if I was up here and I said, you know, my back's killing me. And then I fell to the ground and my back killed me right here in front of everybody. Now, y'all might not get it right off the bat. But then somebody else popped up and said, man, my head is killing me. And then all of a sudden, bam, they hit the floor. Their head killed them. Or man, I just laughed till I thought I was going to die. And they laughed and died right there in your midst. Do you know that after a few of those, I'm sure I got enough intelligent people in here that would probably put one plus one and go, now he said his back's killing him and it killed him. That lady said her head's killing her and it killed her. They said they laughed till they died. You know what? I think I'm going to watch what I say. This is working. But because the devil is deceitful and he's patient, he'll work with you for years. And he'll let you keep talking it, keep talking. Maybe there's people in this room that know people that have said that kind of stuff all their life. And they, what happens is, is their, their life will catch up to their words. And then that which you've been saying now begins to start being revealed. Because you're starting to walk into what you prophesied. But see, if we do it that way where there's a 20-year gap, guess what? People won't catch on. It won't be as obvious. There's many people that probably read that article and it didn't do nothing for them. They just thought, wow, that's crazy, and just went on and continued to just talk any way they want to. 
Now, you can keep doing it. I mean, I'm not telling you not to. You can say what you want to. I mean, it's up to you. But if I was you, I would put a guard over my mouth, Proverbs says. And I would begin to start right there. What are you saying over your kids, over your job, over your marriage, over your life? What are you saying? Because what you're saying, you will get eventually. It works negatively, and it works positively. So we want to watch what we say. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are God's marketing plan on earth. How we trust God in our lives will be attractive to those that are not trusting him. We are his marketing plan. That means when trouble hits your household, how you react it to that trouble determines how you look to that individual. Are we going to display God? Are we going to display just worldly behavior, frantic, worry, whatever, okay? Or are we going to stand up and stand out and let them see, no, they trusted God and God did this. Somebody gets a report, you have cancer. They don't deny the report, but they take that cancer report to God and say, God, what do you say about this cancer? Well, he says, by my stripes, you are healed. So you stand up and you stand on that word right there and God heals you of that cancer. What did you just become? You became a really neon sign to the world that there's hope found in something other than a doctor. And how many of you know there is? I mean, here you are, you're, you're doing without. You're, you're late on your bills. You, you, just, you can't get caught up, and then all of a sudden you find out that God wants you to prosper. God wants to supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. And then you grab a hold of that word. You believe that word, and you start seeing things turn around. Your family see the turnaround. Your friends see the turnaround. And then the next thing you know, your voice, your life just became very attractive to the world around you. We got to quit preaching to people, and we got to start living in front of people. Too many people want to tell others what to do, and you ain't even doing it yourself. We want to give people advice. Well, you need to get out of debt. Don't do that. No. And you are debt up into your eyeballs, head over your head, and getting ready to sign another loan next week. And the Bible has called us not to be in debt to a lender. It's not God's way. Now, I know it ain't popular in the church or out of the church. Why? Because if I'm a banker, sign the line, baby. So I'm going to do everything I can. You'll see commercials tonight from Capital One, Visa. They're your best friend until you miss a payment. Then they charge you at the wazoo, and they just keep charging. You call them, hey, man, is there any way you can cut me some slack? I've been paying on this thing for 10 years. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. What would you say? I can't hear you. Miss your payment on your house for about six months and see what happens. You will no longer live at that address. The people that once was praising you with balloons and graffiti in the office because you signed the loan, they're the ones that pop the balloon and pull off the graffiti and say, give us the keys, baby. You see what I'm saying? But see, we don't see that. We don't see it. And as the church, we've got to display that. That's what they got to see. We got to start showing the world, God, people, <laughs> we do. Amen. And we do it by these four words, have faith in God. Well, I want it now, I want it now, I want it now. Okay, well, get it now and blend in with the world. But watch God give you something better, bigger, awesome, and with no debt on it. It just bothers me that, man, you got people that want to talk bad about other people that are living in prosperity. They're 50 and 60 years old living in the fruit of what they planted when they were in their 20s and 30s. Living the lifestyle of giving and loving. They want, to, they want to talk bad about them. And I can't believe they got all that nice stuff. Really? Uh-huh. 
So I guess you're going to get to heaven and be disappointed. I can't believe Jesus got all this nice stuff up here. It's just ridiculous. We could be helping somebody around here. Come on. What are we doing with all this nice stuff? See, the issue is we are called to be something that people want to be attracted to. And we're called to help people. How do you help people when you're broke? Please, I'm, I'm open. Help me, man. Let's talk to you. Let's talk a little while. How can you help people when you're broke? We can pray with them. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. And they're starving. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. Now, that's good. We want to pray with them. But, Cody, man, if I ain't ate in a couple days, I'd like to have something with that prayer. I'd like a meal. And it's going to take money out of your pocketbook and wallet to help me. Amen? Don't be coming up to me telling me I'll pray for you. And I ain't got no groceries and I'm hurting. We'll pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> Get out of my house. And that's what the world sees. That's what the world sees. We'll pray for you. And most of the time you ain't praying. <laughs> yeah, we'll pray for you. <laughs> All right, what's going on around here? Hey, man, what's going on? I'm just telling you the truth, guys. The world is ready to see the real Jesus. Amen? And we have an opportunity. And the way that happens is, is we have faith in God. Amen? Man, I'm trying to get done with this. I didn't even tell him a joke. I was going to tell a joke. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I'm on page one. And I said all that last week. What is faith? Faith is, uh, Hebrews 11, 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. Many of y'all just went, whoo. Okay, so let me just give you the Webster Dictionary of Faith. Belief and trust in and loyalty to God. Firmly belief in something for which there is no proof Complete trust. Amen? I mean, there's no proof. That means there's no proof of you getting your bills paid in the natural. Your job is the same. Your income's the same. But your debt has fangs on it. And it's at the front door. It's at your mailbox. You don't even want to go to the mailbox. I mean, you check your email fear and trembling. Like, man, my God, what's going to happen here? Am I going to open up this bill? What's going to happen here? I mean, there's a lot of fear in the body of Christ because of some of the decisions we made. And that can hinder you from believing God to get you out of that situation. Amen? But God will get you out. He is the God that will rescue you, restore you, repair you, help you. Amen? He's not against you. Remember, we're loved by God. You're loved by God. Y'all know what I'm saying. The song we sung. You know, you're loved by God. Amen? Get the point. <laughs> Hallelujah. But man, we serve a God. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to be loud. And you know, proud kind of goes with loud, but I don't, I don't like pride. It's of the devil. So I'm just going to be loud for Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why is faith so important? Hebrews 11.6, in the same chapter, Hebrews 11.6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Friend, let me tell you something. If I knew that there was something that I could do to please her, and it was impossible for me to please her without doing this, I would be a very smart husband to find out what that one thing is. Now, all men know what that one thing is. Y'all know what it is? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We'll do that. We'll change. Yes. Yes, you're right. Or you're right. That's the good one. You're right. You're right. But the thing is, is God has given us a little insert right here saying that, hey, look, without faith, it's impossible to please him. All he's saying is, I want you to trust me. Is that too much to ask from a God who created you? 
I mean, is that too much for a Chevrolet to say, you know what? We'll take care of your vehicle. We want you to trust you that we will fix your car if it don't work. They made the car. So why wouldn't we trust them to fix it? Now, I know they're going to charge you an arm and a leg. <laughs> but they know how to fix your car. It's the same thing with God. He knows how to fix our problems because he created us. Amen? And he's smarter than the devil. He can get you out of a situation and put your feet on the mountaintop if you will shut up and you will follow him and you'll say what he says, say, do what he says, do. And you can start today. You don't have to wait. It's here right now. Hallelujah. It's impossible to please him. We got to know, man, when you're diligently seeking him, it's going to be good. Amen? Let's run through this real quick. Having faith in God is one of the most important things we could ever do. Why? Because it pleases him, and when we trust him and diligently seek him, we please him, and then he will reward us with what we trust him for. God wants us to have faith in him over storms, sickness, hurt, bad relationships, anger, addictions. Whatever the devil throws our way, God wants us to trust him and his word to put out all the flaming arrows of the enemy. Amen? That means whatever comes your way, God's got an answer. And he wants you to be able to lean into that, amen, and be able to respond to that. In uh, Ephesians 6, and I'm just going to read verse 16, God is telling us to be strong in the Lord and to put on this whole armor of God. One of the things he says in verse 16, he says, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, he starts by saying our battle is not with flesh and blood. You guys have got to get this out of your mindset that your fight is with people. When somebody, people, when they treat you bad, that ain't, don't be taking it out on them. Amen? You pray for them. You deal with something that was actually, you know, pushing them to do that. It's the devil. He's trying to tick you off. He's trying to get you out of faith. He's trying to get you into a realm to where he can steal what God's trying to get to you. And I'm going to get into that. I want to I get to that. So we're going to kind of just, uh, there's a, a motive out of my madness here, right? As Christians, we are called to, by God to put on the full armor of God and stand against the devil and all his attacks. You know the devil wants to attack you. One amen, a couple head nods. <laughs> Man, you've got to know you're in a spiritual battle. We put so much emphasis on this physical world. Do you know this physical world is going to dissolve and go away one day? It's going to be gone. But the spiritual aspect of our life is going to continue to go on. It will live on. So what we do and how we act has everything to do with how things are changed in this, this world we live in. Faith in God protects us against the devil. Problem. This is the problem. We think just receiving Jesus into our life is all we have to do, and that is not true. That's not true. That's the most important thing you need to do in your life is to receive Jesus. But that's not all you do. And so many Christians, they've received Christ, but they've not grown in Christ. So therefore, we receive him, but we don't walk with him. We don't walk in him. So you see Christians getting their brains beat in. They're, they're, they're backsliding. They're hypocrites. They don't live for God. Why? They're not growing in Christ. This is a growing period. What if these babies that are born were sucking on a pacifier when they're 25? That would be silly. What if they were at 27? Mommy, I want my bottle. And they're in the floor in one of the crawlers, you know, trying to, you know, do this. But, but they butt can't sit down because it's too small. What would we do if we saw a grown man or woman in that kind of state, in the crib? We're going to tuck you in tonight, honey. Okay, now I know your feet are going to be sticking up in the air and your back's going to be, but we love you, baby. And we treated people, I mean, what, that would be weird. No. I mean, humanly speaking, you grow up naturally, Right? 
We expect the baby to leave the diapers, leave the baby food, go to something bigger and better, and to get out of the house when it's time. Amen. Come on, man. I mean, it's just that's natural. But yet, spiritually, we think we can just get saved and just go through life. I'll just go to church. I'll read the Bible if I, if I, you know, if I get a chance. I'll do this. I'll do, just act like it's no big deal. When there is a process by which we've got to grow in Christ. It's just a must, guys. You've got to. I'm just tired of seeing Christians not living the victorious life God intended for us. If I looked at most Christians today and I was a sinner going to hell, you would not be attractive to me. I'm just being real with you. Some of you act just like I acted when I was in the world. You're attractive to me. I thank God that Jesus looked past the religion and touched my heart. Because now that I've been serving God for 30 years, it's almost embarrassing that some of the people that go around say they're Christians. It is. Their conduct, their behavior, their mouth, their careless, compromised life, they don't really care. And we expect the world to want what we got? Absolutely no way. But if we start acting like Jesus, did you know that Jesus had faith in God? Jesus didn't have a problem with the poor, the rich, the hurting, the broken coming to him. None. They sought him out. There's one rabbi that left the religious club and went and found him at night and said, Hey, hey, bro, I'm Nicodemus. You know, I'm one of these, you know, Pharisees. I, I was wondering, uh, how do we need to be born again again? What about Jairus? He was a ruler of a synagogue. He was in the religious club of the day. His daughter's laying at home dead almost. He said, forget y'all. I'm going to find Jesus. Is that what the world does with us? Do they look for you on the job? Do they look for you? Do they try to salt you out? Or are you talking like them and acting like them? Jesus was different. We're called to be like Jesus, church. That's going to take work. That's going to take effort. That's going to take us getting in and getting a little dirty. Instead of just coming to church and sitting here and going, wow, check, and going home. No, you came defeated, you're leaving defeated. And the devil's laughing at most Christian people every Sunday. Because he's, well, he's done a good job to cut down the church to just once a, uh, once a week now. And we might go if we got time. But if I'm busy, eh, if I got a headache, oh, you know what, I need to get rested up because i got to go work tomorrow. But I'm telling you guys, we've got to get strong. The world's got to see bold Christians. I want to be persecuted for Christ. I want my life to stand out so much that it, it irritates a sinner. It provokes them to want to be like Jesus. Wants them to have an answer. They may cuss me for the first six months, but if I keep living for Christ, I keep displaying Christ, something will change. Hallelujah. We see Christians that are sick, broke, in debt, divorced, addicted, struggling. The Bible tells us that we will suffer. We will suffer. But it did not list any of these things that were part of our suffering. We're going to suffer persecution. We're going to suffer what Jesus suffered when he went to the house of Jairus. And he said, look, y'all, we're going to raise her from the dead. And they laughed at him. The family and all that were in the house began to start laughing at Jesus. And he said, hey, look, get these guys out. Let's get to work here. He's being persecuted because he's standing and he has faith in God. Let me ask you, what happened to Jairus' daughter? She got out of the bed and came out of the house. What if he would have been intimidated by them? Jairus' daughter 
would have died. How many people in our life are going to be affected by us not walking in faith? You and I have a responsibility. And it's not to just come to church and serve him in this building. we got a responsibility to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords out there. This should be a, an excitement zone that when we come in here, Katie, whoo, I mean, it's on like Donkey Kong. We're going to get it, man. We're going to get excited. We're going to get, I mean, we're just going to let it explode in us. But the most of the time we don't. As long as he's going to go. I'm ready to go, man. I've got, got things to do today. Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah, I love y'all. The Bible tells us that we're going to suffer persecution, not Jesus. Okay, now, let's go to page, last page. And the front row said hallelujah. Go to the last page. If you want what God has provided, then you're going to have to do what God has said to do. He said that your faith was the key to receiving what God has promised. Matthew 9, 28 says this. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to what? His faith? I mean, did he stop and go, before he did this, now, disciples... <laughs> Don't want y'all to get the big head. This is really only what I can do, the Son of God. This is my power that God's given me. I'm specially anointed to do this right here. You guys, uh-uh. Mm, I, I, this is me. I'm the Son of God. No. According to whose faith? Your faith. My faith. It's according to your faith by which you receive from the Heavenly Father. And the reason why that's so important, because Jesus comes on the scene, and that's what I say about this book. I wrote this book, and when my wife was going through what she's going through, I went through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the whole New Testament and Old Testament, and wrote down every healing scripture that is in there, every story, everything. Why? Because I'm believing God to do something in her life. And I'm going to stand on his promises, and I'm going to hold true to this. Because I had a lot of other things coming at me. But it was going to be according to our faith, according to what we received. Not God's power. See, a lot of times we feel like we're going to receive based on God's power. Uh-uh. You don't receive based on God's power. You receive based on your faith in that, that power. And so Jesus comes on the scene in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and he brings this word faith that we don't see much in the Old Testament. Why? There's getting ready to be a great transfer. Okay, before it was the priest, the king, and the prophet. That's how the word of the Lord came. We're getting ready to have individuals that are carrying around God every single day personally. You're going to be a carrier of Almighty God. So you better get this correct in what Jesus was trying to give us. That from here on, it's not you go to the priest, the prophet, or the king. You're going to be going to God yourself. Just like me, Jesus, is doing. And based on your faith and trust in him has everything to do with whether you get what you ask for. That's not my words. Let's go to the next passage. Let's see what Jesus said in the next passage. Matthew 9, 22. It says, but Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. You see this all through the Gospels. Jesus puts emphasis on you, your faith, my faith. But sometimes we think that when we go to God, it's by his power we're going to get an answer to prayer. No, it's going to be your faith in the God of power to get your answer in prayer. So when I ask God to heal my wife, 
I needed to get reassurance. I needed to get evidence. I needed to get something to, that would encourage me and build me up to keep me focused on what God said and not what the world was saying. Because Google will give you 15 million searches on what could be, what has been, and what might be, okay? So I needed to separate, and so will you. If you're lacking in an area, you've got to trust God. You've got to get in there. And the only way you can stay trusting God is get to know Him. I mean, I ain't trusting everybody no more than you are because you don't know everybody. You don't walk up to people that you've known for, you know, 10 minutes and say, oh, you know what, man, could you run this, you know, $15,000 to the bank for me? No, you're not going to do it. Amen? You get to know them and you will do it. Hallelujah. We see that people... We see that when these people use their faith in God, they receive what they needed. Faith is the one thing Jesus pointed out when helping others. Jesus teaching his disciples about having faith in God was one of the missions of his missions. He knew that how they trusted God would have a direct impact on their life as well as on their life for others. If they were going to reflect him to the world, they would, they would be, it would be to their best interest to have faith in God. They knew they had to have this if they're going to be effective. How does Jesus want us to act when things in our lives that were not expected? How are we supposed to act? In closing, I want to read Luke 8, 22. And it happened on a certain day that when he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling and they were filling with water. The boat was filling up with water, and they were in jeopardy. And they came to him, and they awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the waters, and they obey him. Friend, is Jesus saying that about you when you're going through a storm? Does he say, or could he say, where's your faith? Because your mouth could be talking the problem. You could be worrying. You could be stressing out. You could be taking the cares of this world. Just like the disciples, when they saw the storm rage, they were freaking out. That's a picture of us. When things in our life don't go the way we want them to go, we start freaking out. Look at what Jesus did when he came up and he saw the same thing that his disciples saw. He saw the same thing. I mean, the, the winds were raging. The water was kind of going all over the place. Did you notice that Jesus looked at it and he spoke to it and it calmed? That is what Jesus is wanting us to do. You will not do that if you're not close to him. Because he was close to his father, he didn't let the storm get into him. He told that storm, and it changed. And do you see as we read on, the disciples said, Wow, even the storms, the winds, the sea obey him. Is that just because that's Jesus? Does that only work because he's the son of God? No, it works in your life just as well. And I'm here to tell you, if you will take this serious and you'll take your relationship as serious as you do a lot of other things in your life, things in your life will turn around. The enemy is way too effective of getting Christians 
off the straight and narrow and on to gossip, worry, strife, envy, lust, whatever. He's real good at getting everybody distracted. And then we quit believing and trusting in God. God don't want that. Some of y'all's life will turn around today if you'll just say yes to having faith in God. Because I know, man, as I'm talking, I've, I've sat out there in the chairs too. I know what it's like, man, when, when somebody's speaking. You, something on the inside starts rising up and you start saying, you know what? Then you'll even start thinking about some of the stupid stuff you've been doing. Some of the stupid stuff you've been thinking and saying. Because the Holy Spirit will put his finger on it. And he's saying, look, we need to correct this right here. I want to get something to you, but unless you change this, you ain't going to get this. Because the enemy, as soon as we release faith in God's word, he sets up barriers to try to stop what God has for us. That's his goal. Because he knows if you get what you ask for, it's going to build you up even stronger. That means the next time when you need something, you're going to get bolder about your faith in Christ. But if he can keep you from getting stuff, then what you're going to do is you're going to turn into a messenger of Satan and say, you know what, it just don't work all the time. You know, sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't. Well, you know, God, you know, if he wants to heal, it's his will. You know, sometimes God does, sometimes he don't. That's what happens to people that have faith failures. Their prayers don't work. They begin to turn it on the negative, and, and the devil knows that. That's why the Bible says that through faith and what? Patience. We will inherit the promises of God. You've got to be patient. You've got to stand and be willing to stand no matter what happens. You've got to be willing to stand and stand and stand. It's been 10 years. You keep standing. You keep standing. You don't quit standing and trusting God. Because that which you prayed for and believed him for shall come to pass. Don't buy into this lie that, man, look, sometimes God's, he ain't schizophrenic, my friend. God's not on medication. That means he don't miss it, you know, a day here and get it right a day here. His word never changes. And if you'll grab a hold of this word and believe it, despite, we base our faith a lot of times on other people's experience. Well, they believe God. It didn't work. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm still believing him. I'm never going to hook up with a human being. You know why? Because I'm one. And you don't know how I talk at home. You'll be talking about that brother, sister, Aunt Susie. Oh, Aunt Susie, so spiritual. She believed God. She trusted God and she died. You don't know what Aunt Susie was doing. If you ain't living with somebody, you don't know what they're talking. I didn't know Kobe Bryant said that when he was 19. Did you? Uh-uh. I didn't hear it. But somebody in the spiritual world heard it. And it's your spiritual enemy, my friend. Don't give him ammo. I mean, there's a reason why we say what you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. That came from God's court, not our courts. Are you kidding me? We use it, but we did not create it. Amen? Hallelujah. 1 John 5, 3, 5 says this. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this through victory through our faith. Our faith, people. Your faith has to be built up, and the only way it can be built up is it's by the word of God. Just like my faith in my wife is going to only be built up by her words, her actions, you know what I'm saying? By me spending time with her. It's the same thing with God. I want you to get this, friend, because in 2020, there is a spiritual enemy that will try to get you off track. There's going to be somebody come to you and say no. No. Somebody's going to come to you and they're going to say something to you that you ain't going to like. And you got two options. 
Either you can receive or you can resist and keep walking with God. Because your destination is what God has for you. And you don't want to let any hindrances stop that. I can't believe they did that to me. I can't believe they said that. Whoa, whoa, time out. Keep marching. You pray for them and you keep looking to the prize. You keep looking to the prize. Let's all bow our head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have faith. We have victory in this life through our faith and trust in our great God. It's time to have faith in our great God with everything in our life. Because God never fails, guys. God never fails. Father, we come before you right now in Jesus' name, and we just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for doing a work in our heart. Thank you, Lord, that we will become people that believe what you say above all else. I thank you, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, that everybody in this room will begin to look to you to bring answers to their life. That we'll look to you, Father God, because your word is full of promises. And if you said it, you will do it. And I thank you, Lord, for creating in us a desire to know you and to walk in your promises. You know, if you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor, man, you know, that word kind of touched me a little bit, man, that I, I've been going through some things and I've been looking at other things instead of him. I want to pray for you today. We're not going to call you out. We're going to make, you know, make you feel bad or anything like that. I mean, we're all in this boat. But if you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor, pray for me. Because I've kind of let the enemy distract me and get me off target. And I want to get back on that narrow road. I want to get back on the road of pleasing my Father and believing Him. If that's you, just raise your hand and be bold. Now, again, we're not going to call you out. I see those hands. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you. And I want to believe that as you leave today, you're going to have a hunger to go after Him. Because it's real easy to receive from God. The devil makes it seem so hard. It's real easy to receive from God. He wants you just to come to him and ask him and invite him into your life. And he will change situations. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I lift up everybody that raised their hand. And I pray right now, Father, in Jesus' name, that you touch them, that you empower them. That, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, that they're making a declaration by raising their hand that they are going to trust you more. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, the great teacher, for rallying around them and helping them navigate on how they are to direct their life with your help. I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that they will watch their tongue. That, Father God, they will speak the right things over their life. That they will speak life-giving things over their life. That, Father, they'll look to the Word and find your promises. And that, Father, they will apply those promises to their life in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and glory and honor, Father. And I just thank you for all those hands. You've seen them, Father God. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to touch them, to minister to them, and teach them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor, man, I don't know Jesus as my Lord. And I want to know Jesus today. I want you to be bold and raise your hand right now. If you don't know Jesus and you want to know Jesus, be bold. Raise your hand. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, I used to walk with Jesus, but I've kind of slipped. I want to pray for you. If that's you, raise your hand. Don't leave here knowing that there's some things you need to get right. Maybe you just got some things in your life you need God to get rid of. I want to pray for some of y'all in this room because you got some things in your life that you ain't dealt with you need to deal with right now. So as I pray, I want you to lay that problem. It could be whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but you need to lay that at the foot of the cross and watch God do some work in your life. Father, as we close out this service, I just thank you, Lord. 
that all of us in this room are at different places with you. And I pray, Father God, for those in this room that are battling maybe some addictions, maybe some things in their life that they're just kind of playing around with they don't need to play around with. I pray right now, Father God, that, that they have heard your word and that they're putting that at the foot of the cross even right now. And I thank you, Lord, for giving them grace to be able to walk as Jesus walked, act like Jesus act. I pray that for all of us, Father. That in the name of Jesus, the world is going to see Jesus through our life. We give you praise and glory and honor. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. You can stand. Hallelujah.